Episode nine, Wavelengths Live Now. Surprise appearance, Julian Alcaraz. Wi-Fi is going to give out any minute, so I'm going to let him talk. We got Armand Sadi, Yesin Harris, Deontay Salim. First thing, did not think Julian was going to be here, so this is going to be hard for him to take. Lakers aren't beating the Warriors. I just I said it the other day. I still feel it. I I want to say I'd be shocked if they make it into like the playoffs, but mm-hmm. I mean I'm taking the Warriors. Julian, go ahead. Well, um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Lakers right now. That's my team, but it's been a season of disappointment after disappointment. Uh, it looks really bad when you can't win without your two star players, and I mean those two star players are irreplaceable. Obviously, you have like one of the best of all time in LeBron James and. Anthony Davis is probably the best power forward in the game right now. And, you know, to not be able to at least get a higher seed than seven kind of sucks when you don't have them. And, you know, you lost you lost Rondo in the offseason, who was elite in the finals. He was a great leader. You lost Danny Green, who, you know, was a he was a miss machine. He was a brick. He was a bricklayer. And uh, but, you know, he had those those games. He had that buzzer beater against the Mavs early in the season. But then you add guys like Schroeder and you guys, you add guys like Montrez Harrell who, you know, six man and runner up with the six man of the year. And you can't get a higher C than seven without your two star players. It's kind of sad. Uh, it's just, you know, Curry's by himself basically doing everything and look where he's at. He's like, everyone wants him to be MVP. He's on the, he's on the cusp of another playoffs without Clay Thompson this time without, you know, any help basically. And I don't blame you for thinking that the Lakers are going to lose, but they're not going to lose. So all the stuff I just said about them, all the trash I just talked, I mean, I don't see the Lakers losing. And if LeBron's playing, if Anthony Davis is playing, those Lakers are not going to lose anything. I I even said, if the Lakers are healthy, they're not losing in the West. They're going to be in the finals. Uh, I think they're just the better team. They have better, they have the best defense efficiency in the entire league. They have, uh, I think it's the fourth best defense against three-point shooting, which is, you know, the, what Steph Curry has been dominating in. Uh, the the Warriors rank ninth in three-point percentage, but I just don't think the Lakers are going to have as much. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a close game all the way through. I never want to count Curry out. I love Curry. I don't think he's my MVP, but that's a different discussion. I do think these Warriors are going to give a fight, but I don't think the Lakers are going to lose. And I understand why a lot of people say that why I understand why the Lakers should be worried. What LeBron said in the interview um, yesterday was kind of worrying too. He kind of didn't sound as confident in his team as he should, but if LeBron's playing on his, on his game, you know, not at his best, because obviously he's not as healthy as we think. Anthony Davis is not as healthy as we think. The whole team is not really as healthy as we think, but I don't think they're going to lose and they shouldn't lose. And if they do, I, I, I just might not watch the playoffs. I think you made a pretty good point there about the whole uh, losing Rondo because he does sort of, he has that Chris Paul effect like we're seeing with the Suns right now. I mean, he, you know, he doesn't need to be the number one star guy out the court at all times, but he really does facilitate great team basketball. I mean, it looks like when he plays, it looks like a return to fundamentals. Everyone does the right play. Um, I mean, it's a cliche and you hear it all the time, but it's true. Um, I think that, uh, I, I, I take the Lakers right now, you know, even if the Warriors play a great game, the Lakers are being, you know, do do to the most medium of their potential. It's still probably the Lakers. It's probably still, you know, a trip for the Lake show. Um, because 
I think the Warriors are kind of playing their best basketball right now, and they are electric and fun to watch. But their best basketball has them at the eighth seed, having been playing some of their best basketball for most of this season. The Lakers have been playing just about the worst basketball we could possibly expect mm-hmm. with, you know, the least active men on the roster. And yeah, they're coming at this game a little bit healthier than they've been for the better part of this end of season stretch. Admittedly, they're not even close to all the way there, as you said. But uh, I mean, this is still, even at their worst, the Lakers have just too much talent on this roster and they have the right mismatches against a team like the Warriors to take this one in. It's a one-game series. and if the Lakers, I fully expect the Lakers to, to seal this up. Um, but you really can't count out Steph. And if, Frank, if Steph Curry manages to pull this out, uh, not one ounce of me would be surprised. But that's just it. It's not the Warriors. It's Steph Curry and company. So, yeah, so you, you agree my, with me, right? Um, no, I don't, <laughs> unfortunately, because, because if you just simply look at it, Steph Curry, I mean, yes, yeah, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, we all know what Steph Curry can do. I personally think Steph Curry is going to go off for 50 in this game because that's the only way they can put up a fighting chance, in my opinion. Um, they they just really lack any sort of talent behind Steph. And I know the Lakers have absolutely somewhat minimal, you know, minimal talent on their end. But at the same time, you do have a guy like LeBron James, who's arguably the weirdest of all time. Anthony Davis, just like um, Julian said, who's probably the best power forward in basketball. And I don't think there's anybody on the Warriors who can keep up with, you know, a guy like Schroeder and, you know, and then I, the Lakers, their, their defense is just better. And if you allow Steph to do what he does, because you can't stop him, if you just make sure you contain the other guys on the team, then this is going to be, be a blowout. Armand, I can count on you to agree with me, right? No, I, I think the Lakers have it. Like I said, I think they have the right mismatches. It's LeBron in the playoff setting. We all know what to expect from him. He's not going to lose. Uh, I think off the bench, uh, Talon Horton Tucker's really exploded these past couple of weeks without Anthony Davis and LeBron. He's shown us what he's capable of. He's going to be a key piece for them going forward. And I just like the pieces that the Lakers have around LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think this is going to be I wouldn't say an easy win, but I'm pretty confident that the Lakers are going to pull this one out. Not the first time. Literally everybody disagrees with me. Not going to be the last time. I'm all right with it. Warriors are going to win. So then in the other game in the West, we have the Spurs and the Grizzlies in a matchup that, to me, is like, oh, wow, these two teams like are almost in the playoffs. I totally forgot about the Spurs. Like DeMar DeRozan just complained a lot got dreads and or braided his hair or whatever and then like Greg Popovich he was at like the Hall of Fame thing I thought they were done honestly and then the Grizzlies it's just like John Morant being shouted out in a Jay Cole song and Dylan Brooks so Arbaugh let's start with you Spurs Grizzlies who is going on to the next play-in round um ah it's tough because it's like the Spurs you look at that team and like nobody really excites you other than like DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan but they have probably the greatest coach of all time and Greg Popovich you look at the Grizzlies 
the Grizzlies have been probably one of the most underrated teams in the decade, consistently always being around that, not 80, but consistently being a competitive team. And now exciting young, young core, John Morant. I, is Jaron Jackson back or is he still out? I think he's back. He's back. Uh, Dylan Brooks, like, I think I'm going to have to go with the Grizzlies. I think, I think overall their team's built better than the Spurs, and I'm more confident they're – their guys performing. So can we all agree that this is probably the most uninspiring game out of the bunch? I mean, you have, I mean, just like you said, you have the Spurs, they have the greatest coach of all time in pop and you have DeMar DeRozan, but you know, and DeJounte Murray, but at the same time, this is just going to be a bore in my, I mean, I, 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 because I know John Morant's been on a little bit of a slump lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jaron Jackson, I think he's just coming back from injury, so I don't know if he has his legs fully under him. So I feel like the key for Memphis winning is a guy like um, Dylan Brooks, who we just saw, you know, kind of lead that some sort of a comeback versus Golden State in, in the last game of the regular season. Um, so I feel like that's going to be, you know, somebody who can really determine the outcome of the game. But I just I would I'm going with with Memphis because outside of like I said Demar and Dejounte Murray, there's nobody on the Spurs who can really lift them to really do anything inspiring and you know push them to potentially become one one of the two seeds to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that uh, the Grizzlies are probably going to take this one. I mean, it's. There's, it's the only one of these playing games where there's actually a real significant disparity in talent between the two sides. Um, the Spurs may have the better coaching, but I don't think it's just, I don't think it's going to be enough. I mean, they're, they're the only team coming out of the, this Western, you know, set of teams here with a, with a, you know, with a negative, uh, with a negative record this season. Everybody else is, you know, above 500 they're significantly below 3339 and uh object nothing they've done has inspired me and uh i think that we can we can we can expect you know popovich to pull together a good game plan but you need better execution and he just doesn't have the talent on the roster anymore to make it to make it work um yeah uh, memphis is uh they're going to do what they do, what they do best. You know, it's, it's, they, they're, they're phenomenal in the paint. You know, they, they move the ball incredibly well. And unless the Spurs can turn a, a massive um, amount of scoring in the paint and constant passing into turnovers, I, unless they can magically convert that. I mean, if you spot it out of Valentinus's hands, anytime he gets it, I think it's probably, probably safe, but, I don't know. Memphis just is on uh, – Memphis isn't a phenomenal NBA team right now, but they do have a significant gap over the Spurs. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but kind of contrary to what all of you guys are saying, I think this is going to be a really exciting game for some reason. I don't know why. Um, it's old-school basketball. It's old-school gritty basketball. You have a, a brilliant coach in, in Coach Pop who's going to – he's going to come out with a game plan that, you know, should be enough to compete for for four quarters. I don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, but you have the old school Grizzlies who you know pass the ball so well. They're top five in assists. They're top five in um, 
they're actually number one in the paint. They're old school. I think I think Jonas Valanciunas is gonna go off inside the paint. He just had 29 points against the Warriors. Uh, John Morant's gonna be dishing it. It's it should be an entertaining game for me at least because I've I like that old school kind of like gritty down to the wire basketball. Um, it's not gonna be as fast paced as electric as you know a Warriors Lakers game. Um, but I definitely think it's gonna be one to watch. Um, I just don't think I'm, I'm I just don't think that the Spurs are gonna have enough in the end to overcome that you know that just paint presence that the Grizzlies have and although they have some exciting players on their team I just don't I just don't think they're gonna win but I don't think it's gonna be a boring game you trying to convince me that it's not gonna be a boring game assured me that it's gonna be like 86 to 80. Oh my! God. <laughs> hey, eighty-six to eighty doesn't mean bad. It just means yeah. it just means low. Score. Yeah, it just means like a lot of like you know missed shots and probably a bad. Is it missed shots or is line. it good defense? Exactly. No, it's gonna be missed shots. <laughs> well, the Spurs don't really take much shots anyway. They're really a conservative team when it comes to shooting. They don't like to shoot shots if they don't have them. So that's gonna make or break them. Uh, it might break them. It probably will break them. But it's it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a good game. I mean. It, it's it's fine if you don't if you don't believe me. <laughs> so then we have the Pacers and the Hornets in a game that is really weird because everybody oohs and ahs about Lamelo Ball, understandably mm-hmm. so, but then it's like just him. Gordon Hayward's not going to be there, mm-hmm. and then the Indiana Pacers. Okay, so when it was All Star time and everybody was like, "Oh, Sabonis should have made it over Randall." Kind of dumb. Like, that makes no sense. The Pacers obviously deserve to be where they are. You know, Nixon four, not tonight, though. So, it just, the Pacers are, like, the biggest what if. And then, you know, they got rid of Oladipo. And now they're in this situation they're in now. I don't think the Hornets have enough to beat the depleted Pacers. But I don't think the Pacers really make much noise other than that. So, does anybody think the Hornets are going to come out victorious. I'm kind of with it. I like, I do like the Hornets in this matchup. Um, I mean, they've got so much good young talent and they, you know, I mean, they're, they're not nearly the, they're not nearly as experienced as the Pacers are. Um, but I think that, that, uh, that might work to their benefit in the long run. I mean, they've got a, they got they got so much good uh, good young guys who can really re, um, come back from you know that they hit a slump they can break out of it you know you don't have the you don't have them you know their their shooting motion isn't so strict at this point that they can't just adjust and change mid game uh, I mean it means they're not consistent and I don't see them going very far in this tournament even if they did manage to make the you know make it through both rounds of this play in tournament but uh, they've got it they've got it they've got enough. Uh, enough of an offensive rebound and enough fight for the ball. You know, they, they consistently get after it. I think that all they got to do is force a couple stops late and go after their shots and they'll, they'll be able to put this away. I think the paces might just be a little bit too banged up. I mean, you know, they're, they're, it's not that they're playing on demand as, as much as they're playing handicapped. They, they, they have the men on, on the court. Um, pretty consistently, they're just not getting the same production out of them. I mean, uh, Indiana lost Miles Turner, and um, that was kind of a blow for them. I think they stood a better chance with him. But um, 
Yeah, I think that I think I think that even though the Pacers have so much, every, every position is a threat for them on the court at all times, but they don't have anyone who's going to take this game over, and the the Hornets are just they're just young enough and hungry enough, and uh, I think they they're more than capable. Okay, so before anyone else answers, when you guys like do your research and stuff, do you like do research for both teams? And then it's like, oh, let's see what Steven says, and then I'll do the exact opposite. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so Sometimes. like, okay, like Julian, Armand, and Deontay, mm-hmm. who thinks the Pacers win? I do. Okay, I, I don't. Okay, that's one. Okay, so I'm, Julian, I'm I want about it. Julian, I want to hear your case, and then Deontay <clears throat> yours. And then Armand gets to decide. Okay. Well, uh, to kind of piggyback off what Yesin said, I do think that the Pacers have somebody that can put this game away, and that is probably one of my favorite players in the league, uh, someone I think is really underrated and overcame a lot of adversity in terms of, uh, you know, health. Uh, that's Karis LeVert. I think he is just – I think they upgraded in getting rid of Oladipo. You know, he wasn't going to stay after his contract expired. You go younger – you go with a guy who has a higher ceiling, in my opinion. Um, and he's just, I think he's a phenomenal player. I think what he does on offense is smart. It's good. Uh, you know, sometimes he takes a bad shot or he doesn't, you know, score a ton of points. But he just had 20, I think it was 25 against the Lakers. Uh, played 21 minutes uh, the last game they played. I really like this this Pacer team. I do agree that they're not, they're playing handicapped. They're not really playing at their full potential. Uh, but I think Levert's going to go off for a cool 30-plus. It's going to hit a dagger with like a minute 12 left, and it's going to put it away. I do love the Hornets' energy. I think they're a couple of players away from being potentially uh, good. They need a, a, power, a power forward in the center, but, you know, who doesn't? Uh, but they're a young team. Uh, I like Washington. I like I like Bridges. Um, I don't think the Hornets announcers are commentating this game because it's a playoff game, a playoff game. Uh, so that's kind of another L for them. But I, I do think the Pacers are going to win. Um, they're more experienced. I just think – I just I don't know why I get this feeling that Levert's going to do something incredible tomorrow. So this is just a matchup of two teams who had really – I won't say high expectations, but they, they were playing pretty solid basketball. Mm-hmm. Then they got hit by the injury bug, and they got hit by – like. like very fierce so as like 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 so for the Pacers I know Miles Turner is out TJ Warren's been out um I think Brogdon's dealing with with something Laverse dealing with something this it's just it's just a simple matter of how healthy are you at the moment mm-hmm. I, if you were to ask me you know back in like January who I think is the better team I'd probably go with the Pacers because they definitely have more talent but they just aren't healthy. I mean, I know Lamella Ball, he, he dealt with his injury. We thought he was going to be up for the whole season, but he ended up coming back. Um, I think he's, you know, really big, big key, obviously. Um, it's just, this comes down to a simple fact of just how, how healthy you are. And the Hornets at the moment, even with Gordon Hayward out, they're more healthy than Indiana. So that's that's why I have to go with, uh, with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I mean, Armand, I, you've heard both sides. So, like, I mean, I agree with, like, what's Deontay saying. Like, obviously, the Hornets are the, the healthier team. But when when I look at the Hornets, I mean, they don't have 
they don't have that go-to guy like the Pacers. Like Terry Rozier's inconsistent. Devontae Graham's inconsistent as well. When I look at the Pacers, you have a player you can trust in Karis Levert. He he was he's been on a I wouldn't say a tear, but he had a solid he's had a solid run of games recently. And that's the player I trust most in this matchup is Karis Levert. And pairing him with along with Sabonis as well. I, I just think the Pacers are going to take it, especially since they have more experience in these situations, even though they are more in, uh, have less players available compared to the Hornets due to injuries. The final playing matchup has a lot of interest on this podcast, especially, but overall as a company, uh, a lot more than you would think, definitely the most out of any of the four matchups. So, so Yeston and Deontay, I'm going to save your thoughts for last. I'm going to have Julian and Armand decide whose team they think will do it. Then I'm going to go. Then it's up to you two. Julian, start with you. Oh, man, I don't want to disappoint anybody. That, I do it all the time. You get, you get used <laughs> to it. it it's just I, this, this game has probably made me think more than any of the other ones because I just I – th- I think it's going to be – like that Nets and, and Wizards game that went down to the wire that the Wizards ended up finishing off and taking. And I know that the Wizards are – everyone's like, oh, the Wizards, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Westbrook is washed. And all that BS. But the Celtics are a depleted team. The Celtics, they just – in the paint, they seem to, like, collapse. And they collapsed last year in the Eastern Conference Final with everybody healthy. And I know that the Wizards don't have, like, the biggest team – but I think the Wizards are going to come out on top. Uh, I know Deontay's going to like that. Um, I just I I don't know. I feel like I feel like Bradley Beal's going to show off. He's going to go off for a, a lot of points. He he was in he was nursing that hamstring injury. He missed out on the scoring title, unfortunately. Um, but I think Westbrook and and Beal are just going to they're going to do what they probably should have done the entire season, and they're gonna they're gonna somehow come out with a win. I do think it's going to be a closer game. I do like um, Brad Stevens coaching a lot better. I do think that the Celtics are the more talented team, um, but I I love Tatum. I just don't think I don't think it's going to be enough. I, I I don't know. I agree. I agree with Julian as well. I mean, this is a Celtics team that's. I mean, Kem, Kemba hasn't played the last three games, and even even last year in the playoffs, Kemba was, let's say, didn't live up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Without without Jalen Brown, the Celtics are a bottom ten defensive team, and since the Wizards did acquire Daniel Gafford at the trade deadline, they have been a top ten defensive team. Six, I believe they've sixteen and nine in the last month since April. They're obviously the Wizards are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. My guy Westbrook balling out. Um, Beal, <laughs> Beal, Beal's been on a tear as well. Everything's just pointing to Wizards win, but the Celtics have had the Wizards number this season. Jason Tatum, I mean, it, he's been a problem for the Wizards to guard, especially because they don't have, you know, no, I won't say elite wind affair, but they don't have a guy they can like stick on him, like most guys do. But I'm gonna go with the Wizards win here. I just think the Celtics are too depleted to keep up with the Wizards scoring offensively. All right, Salim, I'm I'm not rocking with those two. Uh, Celtics gonna take this one easily. The Wizards, just watching them, is like. It's just so weird because Bradley Beal's like so good and Russell Westbrook does too much. So it's like, oh, they should be really good. But then it's like, oh, they missed. They missed again. Oh, Westbrook got another rebound. Oh, he chucked into the third row. So it's just like a super sloppy basketball team. And then 
so to use a recency bias, which, you know, is everyone's favorite thing, Boston Celtics had nobody yesterday against New York Knicks in the Mecca. Almost beat the number four seed New York Knicks on the road. So if they can almost do that, they can for sure beat the Washington Wizards. Like the Wizards, it, it's just so – there's a reason why this – hot stretch is like impressive because they should have been like decent most of the year but then you know they finally lived up to half of their potential and everybody's like oh wow like this really worked out but it didn't because they're not going to make the real playoffs and i don't know Celtics gonna take it 15 17 that's catastrophic no no way All right, yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go because I have some. Yeah, I think both of us have had a bit of a hard time holding our tongues for these past few minutes here. Um, so first of all, Julian Armand, the slander. How dare you? <laughs> um, secondly, uh, I think that you 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 have points. I hate to say. Um, admittedly, this is probably the most banged up Celtics team I've seen in the playoffs in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest thing that I can really bring to my uh, the closest comparison that really comes to mind is uh, two years ago, three years ago uh, Jason Tatum's rookie year um, okay. uh, where, you know, Kyrie Irving was out for the whole playoffs and, uh, you know, we had uh, pretty much no Haywood there you know, it was, uh, it, it was uh, rookie Jason Tatum Jalen Brown in his second year uh, you know, I think we uh, we might have still had Terry Rozier, Scary Terry, coming out, and it was we we had a lot of a lot of strong role players coming through the bench and um, dominant play from young guys, and we aren't that same team right now. But um, if Jalen Brown this season going out right before the playoffs is that year's Kyrie Irving, um, then. I'd love to say that uh, the, the, those those young guys who we need to step up are um, Peyton Pritchard or Prashad, I'm not sure which, I never am, and uh, Aaron Naismith. I mean, those they're two young guys who have really come into their own in the second half of this season. They're two hot-handed scorers. I mean, Naismith uh, has started you know locking it down defensively, and he can really help step into the hole that uh, yeah, he, he and Pritchard both can step into the hole that's going to be left by Jalen Brown's minutes. Um. I think that we have, we've got a, uh, the Wizards have a severe mismatch against us in the paint. I mean, they're going to come inside and do some damage, guaranteed. I mean, quite frankly, they'd be stupid not to. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only got two real options at center, and one of them is Tristan Thompson playing below average, and the other one is Robert Williams playing with one less leg than he should have. Um it's it's going to be it's going to be a very very tough matchup, um, but nothing would surprise me. It could be a blowout in either direction. Um, but if both teams play at their current level of basketball, Washington takes it. But if the Celtics can just do what they're supposed to do, just get relatively good play off the bench, just get reasonable scoring nights from their starting units, get an adequate defensive performance in the paint from uh, Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson, then this is going to be the Celtics to, to walk off with. But frankly, I don't see either of these teams losing in the second round of the play-in. So this, I think that looking at this matchup, we're already looking at the seven and the eight seed. Um, 
none of that's going to change, even you know, uh, depending on what the result of the game is. I mean, the wizards, the wizards, I fully expect them to uh, do what they you know do what they've been doing this last half of the season. I mean, where Westbrook's playing a better triple double than he did for most of his career previously. I mean, now it's not like okay, cool, let me get three rebounds in the last two minutes, and now I've got my triple double. It's okay, cool. I happen to have got you know, three rebounds in the last few minutes because I'm getting after the ball. And then when I'm hucking it upfield, it's not going quite into the third row of the stands. It's hitting the corner. There's an open man there. Rebound, assist. I mean, it's it's the more efficient um, triple-double type of game than I've ever seen from him. And uh, it's refreshing, and it's it's damn good basketball. It's one to look forward to. Um, But I'm going to say Celtics, but um, I'd give it maybe three or four points. Okay, so let me just break this down into a simple couple of points. First of all, beating the four seed Knicks in the Mecca is easy. So let's 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 start there. Yeah, but they didn't do um, it. <laughs> if it was so easy, they should have done it. That's why they're going to beat the Wizards. Okay. And let's not get it twisted. Okay, so- like Jason Tatum, like is that dude? So like I, whatever you're going to say, like Jason Tatum is better than anybody else on the court. <laughs> yes. But, yes. But so. Go on. Okay, so Tatum's definitely better than anybody on the Wizards. Um, second of all, the words Westbrook and good basketball should never belong in the same sentence. I'm sorry, Armand. That's just how I feel. <laughs> um, um, just to keep it real, uh, it, it can go either way, but, it, you know, if I was a bettings man, um, I'd probably go with, with the Wizards, even though I think they're the, the uh, biggest overachieving underachievers in the last 15 years. Um, I just, once again, this is kind of the same thing with, with the whole Pacers Hornets thing. How healthy are you right now? And looking at, you know, Boston losing somebody like Jalen Brown is huge because he's definitely the, the, you know, the, you might call him the one B or you might call him the, the two to Tatum, but he's definitely a big factor on the team. Um, and I know Bradley Bill, he's dealing with the hamstring, but when it comes down to it, we saw it in the game on Sunday. When when is when you need him to score, he could definitely give that give that to you. Um, and this this might sound dumb. Or this might be out of left field, but don't don't sleep on Captain Hook. Don't sleep on Robin Lopez. Mm. If you've seen what what he's been doing this past season, and his hook shot. That's that's he's looking like he's looking like a broke man's Korean. So, you know, so don't 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 sleep on him. Now, I might be, you know, sipping the, sipping the Wizards Kool-Aid. I probably am. I'm a little drunk. Sipping. But, I, but you're I just, covered in it. I'm, I'm, I'm bathing in it. Um, you're sweating out like what are they? Red, white and like navy. <laughs> Something like, yeah. OK, I'm definitely. But I just I just. I just truly think that a guy like, even though I don't like his game, Westbrook, he's going to give his hundred percent effort. Mm-hmm. And like, there's nobody on the planet who can stop him once he's going 110, 10%. Uh, it might be inefficient as hell, but at the same time, you know, his effort is just there. And like, you know, he, he definitely get, get the guys involved in our, even though our, you know, with the Wizards bigs have been, suspect to say say the best over the last couple of years. I feel like this is the best core 
a big, I mean, just like Omar said, you look at a guy like Gafford, you know, he's really athletic. And I don't feel like there's anybody on Boston who can keep up with a guy like him. So he's really going to be key on the defensive end. And especially you know, in that whole pick and roll situation with, you know, him wave, they develop a pretty good chemistry there. Um, I And I know, like, once again, Tatum's better than anybody on Washington. That's what, without question. But this is kind of similar to the Lakers, what I think their defensive theory should be when facing the Warriors. If if you stopping Tatum is hard enough in itself, unless he's stopping himself, because there's been times when he stopped, stopped himself. But if you allow him to, if you can't really stop him or get so hope to contain him, as long as you stop the other guys on the roster, that's you're giving yourself the best opportunity because at the end of the day, even LeBron James couldn't carry, a, you know, a, a Cavs team over the Spurs. Now, I'm not saying this is like a Cavs-Spurs matchup, but if you just stop the the others, then you definitely give yourself the best chance chance to win. But I could definitely see Washington, you know, just coming out, just, you know, you know, wetting themselves. So, you know, that is, but if I had to pick, I'd probably go, go Washington. Very Nobody's. quick, Julian, two teams from the East that are going through. Uh, oh, damn. Uh, Wizards and Celtics, come on. Armand, two teams from the West. It's um, so um, Warriors, Lakers. Mm-hmm. Yes, then, Deontay, say whatever you want. Next uh, <laughs> this is our year. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's not our year, but this is our year, definitely. So that's all the time we got. Episode nine in the books. We're going to be back on Thursday talking about the real playoffs because, you know, some teams actually like make it to the real playoffs. They don't need like, oh they don't need gosh. these Mickey Mouse games. Ooh. They get a home court oh, first round. You did not oh say Mickey Mouse. Anyways, that's all the time we got at the Sports Wave official <laughs> on Instagram, at Wavelengths Pod on Instagram, the Sports Wave YouTube channel, the sportswave.net slash apply. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of this. So come join us, ride the wave, and we will see you guys on the next one.